Welcome to The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges for modern parenting. Check out this week's episode. I am thankful that I still have you, John. You're such a strong and clever boy. I just... I'm sorry. Ahem. Well, Pilgrim, don't you shed a tear. Put that crying out to pasture. We got plenty to be thankful for. I've sat on this dock for years now, longer than you've been alive. And maybe 1% of that time has been spent catching fish. Wow. You suck at fishing, Grandpa. (laughs) Whoa! These sweet potatoes are huge! These are going to be so delicious. Ugh, these sweet potatoes are too big. It's gonna go dull with all the cutting I'm gonna have to do for these stupid things. The Struggle is Real podcast starts in 3, 2, 1. Alrighty, so there's a little indication of what we got coming up next. Welcome once again to the Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges. On this side of the mic, Omar Ramos, along with... Veronica Avila. How are you, Omar? How are you? <laughs> good, good. Now, we're kicking off a special gratitude series today, and I'm really excited about it. But before we go into it, let's welcome our resident expert, Dr. Alicia Lagos, clinical psychologist, CEO of Family Bridges, and also co-author of The Struggle is Real. Welcome, doctor. Grateful to be here. Thanks for uh, stopping by once again and joining us via the phone, our special guest as well, Dr. Kelly Flanagan, clinical psychologist and co-founder of the Artisan Clinical Associates in Naperville. He's a writer on his popular blog, Untangled. Dr. Kelly Flanagan, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me here. I'm grateful to be here. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, doctor. <laughs> a little bit more about myself. That's a projective, right? <laughs> who, and what do you who, do? Who knows, who knows what's going to come out? I guess a quick rundown of me is I grew up in a small town in Illinois, went off to school at the University of Illinois to become a psychologist, went on to grad school at Penn State. And I met my wife there on day one. and Her name was Kelly. She wrote home to her, her mom very quickly. I met this, this great guy, but his name's <laughs> Kelly, so it's not, it's not going to work out. <laughs> So I often joke that I overcame even more odds than most men to marrying a very good woman. So we got married in grad school, had our first child while we were in grad school, and he is 14 now. His name's Aiden. We were early in our careers when we had our second, uh, Quinn, who's now 10. And then uh, our little girl, Caitlin, who's not so little anymore, she's eight, came along a little while after. A couple years ago, she and I decided that we weren't going to feel any more grateful for our lives by continuing to do some of the things that we were doing, chasing our ambitions and such. And so we we moved back to my small town in in central Illinois, and uh, my wife is working with children here in town. And I I have a practice in Naperville that I maintain a couple days a week, and then I, uh, I also do this writing a few days a week. So... We're crafting a smaller life, but one that's full of gratitude. That's exactly our topic today, so that fits perfectly. Now, in one sentence, I'm going to ask everyone, what are you grateful for? Dr. Alicia. I think I'm really grateful for my husband. He just has such a servant attitude, and he's constantly loving on our children in so many ways. And so it helps us be able to do the work that we do because he's so attentive to our children that it just freezes up to do all this work with family bridges and different things. So just extremely grateful for his service and his servant attitude towards our kids. That's awesome, especially these past few weeks. I know you've been going here, there, and everywhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Pretty international. (laughs) Well, kudos going out to your husband. Well, on this side, I think I'd be, I'm very grateful, rather, that um, I'm actually uh, doing what I've always dreamed about doing, you know, working in music and in sports and stuff like that. And I, every day that I wake up, I'm happy about the 
adventure that lies in front of me. It's uh, literally an adventure every day I wake up because I just don't know exactly what I'm going to encounter, but it's within the environment that I love. So I would say my career. I'm grateful for my career because I love what I do. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm also grateful, I guess, for life. Life and all the the different. Um, you can smile about it. Though. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I don't want to cry. Because it, there's been ups and downs, you know. But you always have to be grateful with everything that comes along, you know. The test, the good things, and the the not so great, but it will get better things. So pretty grateful with with life. I just want to add something that you're like my therapist on social media. I always, <laughs> see, I always see those little posts that you put about you can do it. Yeah. So thank you for that, Veronica. Ah. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, well, with that said, why don't we go and listen to our first skit? So this is the first skit that we have coming up next, and this is called A Table Set for Two. All right, John, the table's set. We should eat. I, um, I shouldn't have made so much food. I'm used to cooking for all of us. Your father always had a big appetite. Okay, I'm sorry. We're supposed to make this day about what we're thankful for. And I am thankful that I still have you, John. You're such a strong and clever boy. I just... I'm sorry. Ahem. Well, Pilgrim, don't you shed a tear. Put that crying out to pasture. We got plenty to be thankful for. Oh, John Wayne. I didn't realize that's who I was talking to. Well, I'm thankful for our trusty steed. Four wheels that'll take us clear across any desert. We don't even have to step over one single snake. That's true. Very true. No, 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 don't you worry, all right? It's going to be all right. No, 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 we got the best of the the, the best around here, and that's some pretty good stuff. Oh, Jimmy Stewart, I'm happy to have you here, too. I know you're so busy in Hollywood. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. But don't don't, don't you worry about old Jimmy. Jimmy's good. You you, you just take that to the bank. There's, There's... There's nothing like a little ordinary human kindness. Well, thank you. That's very sweet. Well, thank you very much. Oh, Elvis. I'm honored to have the king in the house. Well, it's good to be the king, you know, but the king needs a kingdom, and that's you. So thank you very much, and have a blue Christmas. I'm going to start with a cranberry red Thanksgiving. Thank you very much. Ella, don't believe what anybody says. I'm still alive. Oh, Elvis, you're never going anywhere. There's nothing like love. I mean, just the other day, Miss Piggy made me a bunch of pies, and she even let me taste some of her leftovers. Yay! You're right. We will have plenty of leftovers, and leftovers can be one of the best things about Thanksgiving. Well, here's the deal. We take the leftovers, we get some bread, and we put all the leftovers in a sandwich. I'm talking turkey, cranberry, sweet potatoes, and then we got a walk in Thanksgiving. See what I did there that we can walk around with around town. Wow, wowie, wow, wow. Thanks, Mr. Walken. Now I'm just talking to John Baumgartner here. I'm so thankful to have such a talented boy. Oh, thanks, Mom. I mean, I'm not that good. You are good. You're the best. I love you, Mom. Happy Thanksgiving. Now, I think all of us could use a little stuffing. Elbows off the table. Oh, man. So we're back, and right before we kick off the uh, discussion here, I'd like to share this bit of information that we got from medicinenet.com. Some people 
may feel very anxious or depressed about the winter holidays due to the seasonal affective disorder, also known as SAD, S-A-D, uh, sometimes referred like seasonal depression. And this young man seems like he should be participating in America's Got Talent because he, <laughs> he's amazing. Uh, Dr. Alicia, we just heard a very sad mommy, Jen, and her teenage son, John, at the table for Thanksgiving dinner. Seems like the father either passed away, he's not in the picture anymore. John, who's a young impersonator, very good one, tries to cheer her up. What's the deeper issue going on here, Dr. Alicia? Well, I mean, like you said, he's got the talent. He's got the sense of humor. You can appreciate that. And yet that which is his strength is using to hide, you know, from the pain. And it takes a lot of courage to be able to see pain in the face and own up to the sadness of it. So he's just kind of hiding under that. And mm -hmm. you see his mom trying to reach out and to be authentic and to connect in that way. With our son. Yeah. Very, very touching. Now, Dr. Kelly, obviously the winter season is usually a beautiful season, a season of, of gratefulness, a season of just being happy and joyful for being with family and friends. But for some people, it's a time filled with sadness, self-reflection, loneliness, and anxiety. What advice can you give them to deal with the grieving process they're going through? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, as a as a practicing psychologist, I years ago gave up the luxury of thinking that the, the holidays are all, all fun and games. In fact, I think as, you know, our practice will see over the course of the next month and into January a spike actually in, in people calling in for help because family isn't always simple and straightforward because there's an awful lot of loss and grief going on in the world. And holidays are markers, they're rituals, and any ritual is likely to trigger memories of the past. That's what it's designed for, is to connect us to our past. And, and so sometimes those rituals connect us to loss and grief from our past. So it's a normal experience. One of the things that's most important is to realize that it's normal, to know that you're not alone in it. There's not something odd or uniquely broken about you. And to do the best you can to be reaching out to other people who are, are experiencing the same thing during the holidays. One thing that I often say is that um, what's really painful isn't pain itself, but, but going through pain alone. So if we can find places of connection and places of belonging to work through our grief during the holidays, I think that's something important that everyone can do. I want to go ahead and uh, add this scientific quick fact. Regular exposure to light that is bright, particularly mm. fluorescent lights, significantly improves depression in people with SAD or SAD during the fall and winter part of the year. Dr. Alicia, what other changes can people make in their routine, daily routine, to avoid these winter blues or holiday blues? Well, when there's moments like we witnessed in the skit of someone just being able to reach out, I think being we belong, we have a sense of belonging and we're able to connect with one another when mm -hmm. we brave up and, and own our, our feelings and connect. And sometimes in this case, we saw the kid was just having fun and using the different impersonations, but so many times we use sarcasm or we just put it away or we change the subject and we go into something else and we don't go there. And I think if we look at moments when we're able to connect and share how we're feeling about that, that those moments can be very healing. But we have to be willing to have a sense of courage and face mm -hmm. the fear. And the fear is, you know, I'm going to be rejected if I'm honest about how I'm feeling or mm. I'm going to maybe sound like I'm gloomy over the holidays. You know, whatever those fears are that Grinch. keep us from <laughs> keep us from, you know, honing in into what we're feeling. But if we're able to have those moments, that can be powerful if we're able to connect that way when people reach out to us or 
we reach out to others and just say how we're feeling and, and what's going on in our lives. We have those windows that we open up to our world inside. I think that those are opportunities where we can heal from the grieving that happens because of the losses. Beautiful. Now, for many families out there, maybe they have that one loved one that's not really into it. What can they do? What can people surrounding a person that's going through sadness, what can they do? To support them, to kind of help them get that out. You're, you're talking about connecting when people are willing to connect. But what if they're not willing to or they're just like in a shell? How do you mm-hmm. how do you help them break out of that? Yeah, that's a really good question. Hey, I'm going to throw it to Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to throw it back at you, but I'll, you know, I'll, I'll piggyback on your on your previous response and then um, sort of maybe add to it. You know, I think I think one thing that's important, you know, in psychology, our understanding of the way that human beings work, it shifts decade to decade as we learn more and more. But one of the most long lasting, tried and true and tested models within psychology is our understanding of grief and the stages of grief. And that grief tends to proceed through five stages. So the first stage is actually denial. The second stage is anger. The third stage is bargaining. The fourth stage is sadness. And the fifth stage is acceptance or peace. So if we are participating, you know, as Alicia said, in, in helping people to not think about their grief or avoid it, um, we're actually sort of helping to keep them stuck in that denial piece in the very first stage of grieving. And so I think it can be help, helpful to think about those five stages of grief to understand, so which stage of grief are they in right now? And what can I do to sort of gently begin to help them move into the next stage? So if it's anger, Um, you know, how can I begin to help them move towards more sadness? If it's denial, how can I actually help them feel the anger, right? That's, that's progress, actually, when it comes to grief. And if they're in a deep sense of sadness, how can I begin to help them begin to move through that sadness, let go of the attachment to the loss, and begin to settle into the, the very good, very beautiful, and very joyful things that remain right here in the present? Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for sharing that with us, Dr. Kelly. So we're going to move forward and click on our next skit. This is called Ratitude. Grandpa, I haven't even gotten a nibble yet. This sucks. This? No. This is the best part of fishing. The best part of fishing is catching the fish, Grandpa. Little Jack, when's the last time you did nothing? Besides now? <laughs> Doing nothing is one of the greatest luxuries in the world. You know how many people get the opportunity to just do nothing for a minute? Dad says those are freeloaders. (laughs) Yeah, doing nothing can't be a lifestyle, but it can be a momentary treat, like now. I'd rather be catching a fish. If fishing was just throwing a hook in the water and pulling it back, what would it teach us about life? I don't know, but I'd have something to Instagram. I've sat on this dock for years now, longer than you've been alive. And maybe 1% of that time has been spent catching fish. Wow. You suck at fishing, Grandpa. (laughs) Watch your mouth, boy. Sorry. You know what I do for the other 99% of the time I spend not catching fish? I appreciate the moment. I sit here, and I am here. Don't you feel bored? You know why I don't? Ratitude. Raditude? It's an attitude of gratitude for every moment. I call it gratitude. It sounds pretty easy. It's harder than it looks. Why? It's just sitting here. Are you thinking about catching that fish? 
Yeah, of course. Why? So you have something to show off? So you're not actually here. You're in the future. No, if I was in the future, I'd be buying lottery tickets. It took me a long time to be able to just be here. Maybe one day you'll figure it out. It? Ratitude? Mm-hmm. I think I just felt ratitude, like a little bit. You'll get to it. Ratitude's pretty easy to have once you know you can get it. Thanks, Grandpa. I wish I was fishing also. <laughs> All right, so, ratitude. An attitude of gratitude. What a lesson by Grandpa handing this over to a little Jack. Now, Dr. Alicia, I'd like to ask you, how can we stop our life routine to really enjoy and appreciate moments as they occur, to really be present versus thinking about the future? Yeah, that's a good one. We're mm. definitely all being swept out by the busyness. It's almost like an addiction of just being busy and, mm. and our lives are just swept by, you know, being on top of social media and, and, and this and that and the other or just chasing the success ladder definitely cramps up our schedules and so we just need to make an effort to slow down and, and be thankful of the moment in this case they're being very you know mindful if you will and just taking in nature and and being grateful in that regards I just think that we definitely need to make an effort to make that happen almost schedule that in our lives because we are so scheduled we almost have to break that up and create spaces where we're able to do that that's throughout the day or, you know, in the evenings, in the mornings, at lunchtime, where have you, where we break up the busy craziness and slow down and just take the moment in and enjoy it and just be grateful for what we have. Otherwise, I think what we end up doing is we get pretty resentful and bitter because, you know, the exhaustion just wears on you. Mm -hmm. And then you're just always chasing for the next thing and instead of just enjoying the moment. I think kids can help us do that a lot because mm -hmm. they're very, very present. You're talking, Dr. Alicia, about, it sounds to me like the adult life, right? You're trying to mm -hmm. get all these things mm -hmm. done, etc. But Dr. Kelly, you mentioned you and your wife learned from your kids as well. Can you talk to us about a moment where they've taught you gratitude? That's, that's a great example of how our kids teach us about what it means to be alive. I, I would echo again what Alicia said, that we're seeing more and more that kids are, are more anxious and more depressed. And I think if you had to pinpoint a cause... It would be that by inserting so much entertainment, so much sort of digital stimulation into their lives at such a young age, we're, we're sort of helping them bypass that very natural state of childhood, which is to be present and to attentive to all moments. We were fortunate to raise our kids for the most part before a lot of this hit. You know, I remember my oldest, when he was you know, two, three years old, we were traveling for our internship interviews, for our, our doctoral degrees, and he spent hours and hours in the car. And he would just simply look out the window and talk about what was outside the window and tell us about it. And I felt like all of a sudden I was starting to see the world for the first time because I forgot what it was like to be a kid mm -hmm. who could see the world in that way. You know, all of our... All of our ambition um, that replaces that, that ability to be present. We're always trying to get somewhere rather than being here. And here he was showing me what it was like to look at the world and not be ambitious about it. And that, that's been a tremendous gift for me and one I keep trying to return to, to remember to see the world through those eyes. Beautiful. I think it's a reminder to all of us. We need to step and really take in the moment, just like a child does. Yeah, mm -hmm. press on the brakes for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, thanks for sharing that with us, Dr. Kelly. So we're going to move forward and click on our next and last scenario that we have. This is called Betty Bummer versus 
Jubilant Julia. Hi, welcome to Peppa Piano's. Thanksgiving shopping today? I sure am. Oh my gosh, look at all these people. <laughs> Why, if it isn't Julia? I hardly recognize you with that new haircut. Oh, thank you. It's a bob. Hi, welcome to Pepe Piano's. Thanksgiving shopping today? Ugh, unfortunately. Look at all these people. Oh, it's Betty. I like your new haircut. <sighs> Thanks. The guy really screwed it up. Uh, sweet potatoes? Where? These sweet potatoes are huge! These are going to be so delicious. Ugh, these sweet potatoes are too big. It's gonna go dull with all the cutting I'm gonna have to do for these stupid things. Excuse me, sir. Can you help me find a few things? I'm looking for stuffing, cranberry sauce. The whole Thanksgiving package, huh? You bet. My sister's coming to town, and we're going to cook a true Thanksgiving feast, just like our parents used to do. Well, doesn't that sound nice? Here, I'll show you where all that stuff is. Oh, thank you. Hey, stock boy! Uh, yeah, what is it I can help you with, miss? You know, the Thanksgiving crap. Like stuffing? Yeah, like stuffing, cranberries. What do you eat at Thanksgiving, salmon? Uh, no, uh, <laughs> um... Uh, 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 listen, my stupid sister's coming to town, and now I gotta cook this stupid meal. Ugh. Oh, cranberries! Ugh, cranberries. Look at the size of this turkey. I'll have leftovers for days. Ugh, look at this stupid turkey. Probably gonna end up in my trash and attract rats. So, did you find everything all right today, miss? I sure did, thank you. There's so many options, it's great. Yeah, we stay pretty well stocked. I'll say. Oh, whoops, I forgot to bring my own bags today. It's okay, we have our own bags. It's seven cents extra, though. Eh, what's seven cents? Hey, keep your stuff on your side, can't you see? I put up a divider, gah! Did you find everything all right today? Yeah, somehow. You guys got so much crap in here. Too many options. Well, I, I hope you got the right stuff. Oh, damn. I forgot my stupid reusable bags. We have our own bags. Yeah, for a fee, huh? Well, I can waive the fee. It seems like you're having a bad day. Bad day? Sorry, sweetheart, but I'm just like this, okay? Yeah, okay. You got it. And don't think I don't see you all looking at me. I'm allowed to smoke in here. You're actually not. <laughs> what? Alrighty then. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Vero? Because there was such a big difference between Joy and Jubilant Julia and Betty Bummer here. That, that was hilarious. But goodness, Dr. Alicia, this reminds me of Pixar movie Inside Out. You guys remember Joy and this? Oh, like, my God, yeah. It seemed like Betty was kind of a mix of, of disgust and sadness, right? She's just so, ew, ew, right? So we saw Julia. <laughs> she chose to have a positive attitude in this filled supermarket. And then we have Betty Bummer who, well, she wasn't there so much, right? Mm-hmm. Sound familiar? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think you can have, right? The, I wonder if you can have the same person, right? You have the different emotions <laughs> throughout this life cycle of one day. Um, Why is there such a drastic change in or contrast in attitudes, doctor? Well, you know, gratitude is something very powerful. It definitely changes the mindset when you're able to be grateful and recognize that. There's definitely a lot of research out 
out there that just shows that if we're grateful, for example, with our spouses every day, that that really makes a turn in terms of marital satisfaction. Mm-hmm. We are just wired to recognize the things that are wrong and pinpoint what's wrong all the time. And that can then just fill us with negativity and bitterness. Mm-hmm. And when we make an effort to just be grateful, something shifts inside of us, something internally shifts, that it does color our world in a new color. But it is something that we have to internally practice and be habituated into because we're more likely to recognize the wrongs Mm -hmm. because there's plenty of things that are unjust and unfair and we don't get our way the way, you know, we want them all the time. And so that spirit can take a hold of us and get us a little bit disgruntled. Yes. And then, you know, we can carry that that journey. Yet if we wake up and we just start being grateful for the fall and we start being grateful for the coffee that your spouse makes, the garbage can that's faithfully thrown out, we start being grateful for how other people touch us, move us, and just the little things, then something starts shifting inside of us and, and an outlook definitely spins our world into a different outlook. Most definitely. And at work, one of our co-workers sent us, she started this new project, the 30-day Be Grateful Every Morning for Something. So it takes 21 days to create a habit, right? So if you start being grateful every morning for something, mm-hmm. then I guess that we're choosing the gratitude attitude, the gratitude. The gratitude, And then we can see that shift in our own attitude. Is that safe to say? Yeah, yeah. I think there's there's a lot of power in that. We'll have to ask her how it goes in 21 days. Yeah, <laughs> Let's get, see. Yeah, please get back at me. <laughs> Dr. Kelly, how does your attitude affect your life and I guess that of your family, I would, yeah. I would like to ask. Well, I'll echo again everything that I've heard, sort of say it in my own voice. You know, I think it was like 2008 when I encountered this idea in the writings of Henry Nouwen that in any moment we can choose either the blessing or the curse. Mm-hmm. And I think this, this audio clip gave us a great example of that. But for me personally, for a, a person who, like, my natural tendencies to look for threat and danger and to be aware of scarcity, my natural tendencies were so honed. It was difficult for me to make that choice. I didn't see anything to choose between. I only saw lack. And so around 2011, I began essentially just like a daily mindfulness practice. Um, and then I started uh, challenged by an author named Ann Boskamp to start recording 1,000 gifts in my daily life, 1,000 things to be grateful for. And not at the end of the day, but ongoing over the mm-hmm. course of the day. Anything from sunlight dancing on the kitchen table to the sound of the leaves blowing in the trees to, to whatever and started to become aware that there was this whole different level of reality that I was not attending to in which life and joy and beauty and resources are absolutely abundant. Um, And now I have the choice. I can choose between attending to that level of the world or the world, the level of the world at which I feel a sense of scarcity and lack and like I, I never have enough. So that's become a practice for me. And you ask, how does it impact family? How does it impact life? You know, one of the big impacts for me was as soon as I started to realize that the world was a place of abundance and a place of joy and a place of love, I didn't feel so threatened anymore. I felt safer to be more vulnerable with the people that I loved. I felt more safe to to take risks in my career and with my passion. So I started writing and blogging and I eventually wrote a book. So I think it frees us up to live the abundant life once we realize it's available to us. Beautiful. Thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, No doubt about it. Gratitude can really, really have an impact, a positive impact in your life. Well, thank you both for being with us today and sharing such great advice, tips on this beautiful topic. 
like gratitude. Now, Dr. Kelly, where can we find your work, your, your blogging, your social media, and all that good stuff? Oh, thanks for asking. So uh, my website is drkellyflanagan.com. It's drkellyflanagan.com. And if you sign up for my weekly newsletter there, you get a copy of my ebook for free, uh, nice. The Marriage Manifesto, Turning Turning Your World Upside Down. You can get a free sample of my book, Lovable. You'll get my um, every other week blog post. And in the newsletter, you also get the links to my podcast. So um, all sorts of good free stuff there. And you can also, if you want to just find out more about Lovable, you can go to lovablethebook.com, lovablethebook.com, and find out more about Lovable. And there's links to order it there. It's available wherever books are sold in paperback and digital and audio. Great. Dr. Alisa, do you have any closing thoughts? Definitely get the lovable book. I think that you will enjoy it. <laughs> um, wrote it down already. Yeah, yeah. And and listen to sign up for the blog from Kelligan. He's got great insights. Really, really wonderful work. I think, like we both said, it, make an effort definitely every day to look at the abundance in life. And when we're able to just adopt that gratefulness, we are freed up mm-hmm. from sometimes the bitterness that holds us back, that enslaves us. Mm-hmm. And and it's a daily thing, uh, hour by hour thing. Uh, you can definitely live a life that is richer and wonderful. So adopt an attitude of gratitude and you will see that you will be freed up and your relationships will be fuller as well. Awesome. All right. That's the objective. So ladies and gents, that was our first episode of the Struggle is Real Gratitude Series. Please do us a favor and share it with parents, friends, and whoever. That's right. Also, download the app through your podcast app on your phone and through iTunes. And don't miss the next one. It's going to be really good. We've got you covered with supporting resources that you can find on our Family Bridges app. Make sure that you also download it today. Mm -hmm. And for blogs, tips, and more, follow us on social media using hashtag TheStruggleIsReal or hashtag TSIR. Thanks for tuning in. I am Omar Ramos. And I'm Veronica Avila. Till next next time. time. This was The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle is Real by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com. 